So, <laughs> wait, it's Chicago beer experience? Yeah, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Beer Opinions Podcast. My name is Pat Berger from Patty Longs and Kaiser Tiger, and with me, as always, is Bruce White from the Chicago Beer Experience. <laughs> well, you got it. What's it called? Yeah, that's it. Apparently, I've been saying it wrong for... <laughs> Are we going on two years uh, now? No, I mean, you know, Chicagoland Beer Tours. That's a nice, you know. I guess I Google renamed that, it for you. Yeah. And, uh, it's probably a better name, to be honest. So my apologies and a shout out to uh, Bruce's dad who pointed it out that for 30 episodes, I've been calling Bruce's business the wrong name. It's the Chicago Beer Experience. <laughs> yeah, you got Chicago it. Chicago Beer Experience. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. Uh, beautiful day here in Chicago, and we're on uh, we're on site. Always exciting. We are on location. Yeah, on location at the beautiful. Probably, I'm going to say it because I don't know. Facts don't matter. It's a podcast, but the newest brew pub in Chicago, uh, Bishi, uh, located here on Milwaukee Avenue in Logan Square, and uh, with us are um, Elliot and. Armand, Amard, Amard. That was it. I told you I was going to get it wrong. Amard, Amard. Yep. And I'm not going to pronounce his last name correctly either. Uh, Try it. What'd you say? Fear? Freddy. 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 Just love seeing people try it. Jesus, I am the worst. And. He is the brewmaster here at Bishi. Elliot, what's your official title? You're the man who does everything, right? Uh, you have a, are you general manager? Or are no, you beverage I, I, director? I, I, I opened as the general manager here, but that wasn't my original intended role. I've kind of, I'm shifting into more of an operations role right now uh, with staff education. We'll be engaging uh, the community in a little bit of uh, in events and, and what do you call them? The, uh, the festivals and all that. Um, so... Well, that's a wordy title. We're going to just call you... Uh, 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 I think there's something like isn't Director of Community Outreach or something uh, like that. Grand Poobah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bishi here, I, I can't uh, tell you all what a beautiful space this is. We are upstairs right now in this just uh, lovely lounge area that is um, decorated impeccably. Um, right outside the door is uh, the main upstairs bar with a retractable roof that is open right now a uh, beautiful day here and then there's also a, a rooftop uh, patio and uh, just a gorgeous space uh, in and out this is uh, from the owners of Fat Willie's Rib Shack as mm -hmm. well as Owen and Engine to uh, in my opinion hidden gems because yeah. they don't neither of those places get enough love uh, in this city and they are incredible yeah uh, Bo Fowler oh. is the uh, I think uh, most underrated chef in this city. She is amazing, doing incredible work, and um, uh, the food here is is outrageously good. Uh, Ellie, can you give us a little rundown on the menu and and sort of the whole uh, idea behind Bishi? Yeah, uh, rundown on the menu. We're kind of doing little bites from all across uh, Southeast Asia. We have a little bit of uh, Nepalese influence, Korean. Uh, Vietnamese, uh, Sichuan, uh, kind of a, a little bit of Filipino now, too. Uh, we're, I mean, to use a dirty word, Pan-Asian, but uh, 
also putting Midwestern spin on it. So using the traditional techniques, but with Midwestern ingredients and really bastardizing it intentionally in some ways and times. Like uh, we've got a little bit of, uh, got a little bit of uh, uh, <laughs> Chicago meat Sichuan in the uh, Chicago beef bow, which is a little dry aged prime rib, uh, roasted, shaved thin with uh, house jardinera that has a little bit of uh, scallion in there and Sichuan uh, chili oil uh, on house-made bao with a little Szechuan peppercorn infused uh, beef jus to dip. So it's uh, Chicago meets Szechuan right there. Yeah, it's awesome. Jardinera, forget about it, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I had the noodle dish uh, a couple weeks ago. That It was incredible. The, uh, yeah, the dry maybe. one or was it a... Uh, no, it was uh, like a, a noodle soup, like a ramen. Oh, okay. noodle. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really good. Yeah, I don't remember the names of anything, but... Yeah. It's amazing to me that Bo can go from, you know, really traditional uh, uh, Southern barbecue to, you know, the English pub concept that is really elevated over at Owen and Injun, yeah. and now, uh, you know, an Asian fusion. I mean, uh, this is uh, this is kind of a wheelhouse. She's been one, to, well, year or two after we opened Owen, she started talking about wanting to open a, a, a dumpling shop in particular, and uh, this kind of came to be because Arden also wanted to open a, uh, a brew pub, uh, Arden being her husband, and he wanted a place where he could go hang out and just drink beer that was, that was being made on site. So it wasn't That wasn't the map room? That wasn't the map room. I mean, <laughs> that, that doesn't stop him. But uh, He still goes. Oh, yeah. Uh, shout out to Arden. We all love Arden. He is, yep. uh, but uh, we, uh, in doing research into that, we were finding that there were a lot of uh, brew pubs popping up throughout uh, China. Uh, there's... Uh, Boxing Cat in Beijing. Uh, there's uh, Great Leap in Shanghai, or uh, uh, Young Master in Hong Kong, that are all doing really interesting takes on uh, American beers, but using, uh, well, using Asian ingredients, especially uh, Young Master and uh, Great Leap. Uh, so we're kind of we noticed that there wasn't anything quite like that in the states. And it would allow both Arden's want, uh, love and uh, Chef Bo's love to uh, come together in one concept. So started getting the ball rolling on it. Awesome. Uh, Amard, could you maybe give us a rundown on the beers and how they kind of relate to the food and stuff? Absolutely. You, um, we want to hear a little bit about my relationship with the place? I well? really do. Yeah, yeah. In fact, why don't you give us a little uh, history uh, of your life in beer and, and how you became here? Absolutely. Well, I've been involved with the project for two years now. So this is my first project from the ground up. So everything related to beer, uh, from the construction to execution, um, I was involved. So from utilities to commissioning the brew house and ordering and designing, putting everything together, working with uh, other contractors because one cannot be an expert in every th single thing. It was a big learning experience. There was a lot of challenges because uh, um, we had to pick up, uh, we we had two general contractors involved in this project. So the sec I, came, I came in with a second wave of people that helped build this place. And uh, from utilities to brew house to Actually, production of the beer and uh, a yeast lab. That was my uh, thing. I just let's <laughs> let me just put more work on my on my <laughs> on my shoulders you know, and just do that. Uh, but yeah, so I'm. Um, what were you doing before uh, before here? So I helped uh, two other uh, breweries 
in the Chicagoland area to to exist. And I'm I also teach at Siebel as okay. a Siebel alumni. I'm a panelist and I teach a sensory analysis as well as help out with other school things like you know, grading tests and um, and yeah, that's my involvement with uh, with um, the brewery. And your approach to the beers here are they? I, I, you know, I I noticed obviously there's some Asian ingredients. Yeah. Um, are you kind of playing off of Bo's menu, or is she playing off your beers? How does that work? It's a collaboration. We actually even before we never sat down and talked about the beers to like with depth. She basically trust trusted me. I trusted my um, my insights, but she always wanted something, right? So mm-hmm. she will she will tell me, "Hey, what about Szechuan?" And I go, "What about Szechuan?" I'm classically trained. I'm trained in Germany. I, I went through the Siebel Institute of Technology uh, slash Germans Academy uh, training program, mm-hmm. and I, for me, beer has to taste like beer. Even though it has Szechuan peppercorns in it, it has to taste like beer. So she goes, like, what about Szechuan peppercorns? And I'm like, what about it? Does it work in beer? I was like, I don't know. (laughs) Can you try it? So, yeah, I think it's a risk worth taking. The result was this very interesting, slightly piney and and perfumey, more towards licorice, but not too much. It's very unique. So it was a big surprise for me. And the, the peppercorns don't necessarily add uh, no tons of heat, right? No yeah. heat. Uh, but the thing about Szechuan peppercorns is that uh, it kind of numbs your tongue a little bit, mm-hmm. right? But that 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 did not carry through the um, the beer at all. One, it's a very small percentage of the whole what makes up the beer. Only a small percentage is Szechuan peppercorn, but it comes through in the aroma properties, which is all you want. So it's still it's still a beer, you right. know. I think. A, it adds a really cool layer of earthiness on the back it as sure well. It sure does. Yeah. It sure does. I mean, what I'm drinking right now is definitely, you know, beer. It's, yeah. it, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a nice light lager. Yeah. Uh, uh, why don't you tell us about this one? That's also another thing that both comes to me. Amar, what, what, I just want a light beer. I just want a beer that I can drink uh, after a shift. And as a brewer, we, we know that we, uh, I, I drink a lot of Miller High Life at home. That's actually what's in my fridge right now. So... Usually kitchen. It's true for a lot of brewers, isn't it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, it's just a solid beer. It got better. I, I got really, it's a, it's a good beer. Anyways. It did? Huh? Oh, it yeah. used to when just was the me... last time you had Miller High Life? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's been maybe three years, okay, four don't years. Talk to this guy. It, 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 it's, Too I long. found it was hard on my digestive system. I would wake up and have a fun time the next morning. <laughs> um, You're going against Elliot's uh, Cicerone ways over here. You know? <laughs> I, was, I mean, I, I, it's not like I won't drink it. I just stopped because I was... I'm a, uh, I'm a uh, Dumans, uh, Dumans beer sommelier, the, the competitive. <laughs> well, the NBAA also has a competitive... Uh, yeah. uh, I'm a BJCP judge. Ooh, also a competitive. Yes. I got to say, though, uh, the success of Cicerone, they had 100,000 students in the last 10 years since they've been open. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've talked about them on on the podcast, and we've had uh, Pat Fahey on one of the Master Cicerones, and they really have, uh, in my opinion, done a very good thing for uh, the proliferation of beer in general because, you know, knowledge is power, and um, we can all argue about which certificate is most important, but holding any of them does mean you have some knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just back to the beer real quick, that's technically an adjunct lager. 
but our, my twist on it is puffed jasmine, jasmine rice. It's a little bit of sweetness. Oh. Yeah, so it's a good, it's about 20% of that malt bill. It's uh, what, puffed jasmine rice. What rice do they normally, like what's Budweiser using rice? I don't know, I don't know the, the, the variety of rice that they're using. Yeah. But they're u- it's, it's a little bit more expensive to process uh, uh, adjuncts like rice for the use in beer. Uh-huh. So they don't do it to cut any costs. It's basically for that crispiness and mainly to bring the color down. Right, right, right. Mm. Uh, but for in our case, it's just like, hey, if we can brew this, we can do anything. Mm-hmm. That was sure. kind of my take. Well, it tastes good. Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. Appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, do you, when you're, and I, I think Pat already asked this to a sense, but do you, can you kind of see the menu and see the pairings, um, even if it wasn't intentional? I haven't had time <laughs> to sit down. We've only, sure. we've only, we did that just recently to sit down and yeah. actually taste. Uh, uh, all, all we had, what we could afford to do is to have an idea, and I, I was responsible to come up with a concept, which is very hard. When you don't have any preconceptions in, in what to do, it's very tough, and you don't know what people are going to like, and you're trying to, to set yourself apart and still be beer. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Those things are, are very challenging uh, uh, all around. And I think I think uh, uh, you got to learn the rules bef- before you break the rules. So you yeah. cannot just go ahead and, and break the rules. Is this your number one seller so far? Uh, Shifties. Uh, Not yeah. Shifties. Um, Sunsinger right Sunsinger. now. Sunsinger. It's, it's, it's another. It has strawberries and uh, uh, lemongrass in it. And it's freeze-dried strawberries. So per pound, it's more fruit per pound because there's no water. Mm-hmm. And it's preserved at its peak. It really tastes like the fruit. And, uh, uh, and a little bit of lemongrass. I think those, it's, it's a summer parallel, so every season I'm going to have a different parallel. And I think that uh, uh, as far as marketing, when, you, when people see strawberries and lemongrass, everybody sells. Plus, it sits on top of the menu. I think there's a couple of reasons why they're the, the, the best seller. There's a lot of unanswered questions because you guys are only how many weeks old? Uh, we Seven? Eight, weeks eight weeks as of today. Yeah, just, that's just brand speaking. It does yeah. have that new Yay. brew pub smell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, uh, it still has that new brew pub shine. We're we're starting doing our best to cuff it up a little bit, <laughs> get some dents in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but, excellent. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, what else is on the, on the beer menu? What else are you making here? On, on to, just to add a little bit to it, every yeast that we use that was isolated here and then propagated from a single pure colony. Um, I, as in, you collected it here? We didn't collect it here. Oh, okay. I got it from a yeast bank. Okay. And it was isolated here and then propagated. So to the point that the beers came full cycle. When you isolate a strain, it's kind of like ours, but not. If you run through a PCR and, and, and you get the genetic code, you know that that beer has been, that, that particular strain is discovered, is cataloged. Uh-huh. But it's a little, it's, we can kind of call it our, our own. Are you, um, how many yeast strains are you six, dealing with? Six, six yeast strains, one non Saccharomyces, which is Tillerospora, Dilbrookii. Oh, no. The half of feel, I- feel free to get as nerdy as possible. The half of I- the half of I- and yeast. Yeah, I'm training oh, practical okay. microbiology as well. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I kinda, it's a lot of work. I mean, you gotta you gotta run the lab and run the brewery, but I'll see how far I can last with with running everything in the house. 
It's very interesting. Uh, you know, and we do have a couple of yeast labs here in Chicago, don't we? That, yeah. Uh, yeah. Omega, Omega, I believe. And, and I believe does that. Does Siebel still have a yeast lab? They Siebel, used to. it's partners with White Labs. Okay. They actually run a course out there in uh, San Diego. And I think there was a rumor that uh, um, yeast labs were going to, they're going to put a uh, brew pub in the Chicagoland area. Oh, is that right? Wait, white rumor. yeast or Omega? White Labs. White, white Labs. Yes. Oh, really? Yes. It was a rumor. Not sure. Omega Labs, I think, is Don't trying. Don't quote me on that. They're, yeah, the, uh, I, they're trying to open a, a small tap room to showcase their, their strains. Their right. strains. Right. So that, you know, I mean, it, it, and that's what, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't White Lab do that in California? I think yes. so. Yes. Yeah. They have. I mean, it's, it's, it's good uh, sort of way to showcase your product and you know if a brewer is interested in a particular yeast strain mm-hmm. yeah and, you know and you have a beer on tap that used that yeast strain that certainly answers a lot of his questions if he can come in and and, and taste a beer exactly. yeah because a lot of times you guys are just ordering that stuff blind out of a catalog right absolutely um absolutely is that the is the reason cons- that you wanted your own yeast lab consistency is that consistency you can, you can control yeah. of your thing but yeah. mainly cost Okay. As well, uh, one well primarily because I can. <laughs> yeah, sure. But costs it costs to you know for for a full pitch when you talk about pitch is the uh, the amount of yeast cells the the viability and the amount of yeast cells that will carry on fermentation. So we're talking about a between a ten to a twenty barrel pitch. You don't need to propagate. You just put everything in the fermenter. It'll ta-da! You'll be it'll be beer. It's costs around. It could be. Between three hundred and six hundred dollars a pitch. Obviously, there is repitch, but if you don't assess the viability or how how alive your yeast pitch is or how fit the viability and vitality, you can you can kind of you lose control over your, your production a little bit. Okay, um, because that yeast will mutate and stuff the more you use it, right? Yeah, petite mutants to to be uh, that's mo- the most likely will happen to your uh, uh, yeast strains over a lot of. Pitches, but that may or may not happen. It's just there's no way to know till you make that beer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Unless you're uh, collecting and examining it in the lab. <laughs> yeah, which you know, frankly, uh, most brew pubs this size do not have. I don't think they do. Uh, my mentor was extremely against. Like, there's a reason why people are not doing it. It's because you can't keep control over it. I was like, okay, still gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> it was the first time they stood up and I said. Who's your mentor? My mentor is John Hannifin. He's the uh, VP and um, uh, Director of Education of Siebel Institute of Technology. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. That's we all have a mentor out there. You're my mentor, Pat. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you're in trouble. <laughs> I, I did want to backtrack a little bit just to back to the name real quick. Yeah. So um, it's Bishi, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, uh, but I, I, when I saw it online, I was like, oh, it's Bixie. Uh, because it's B I X I, and you know I'm an idiot. We, we are gonna go. Yeah, one. We're yeah. gonna go with Bixie at some point. But okay. then in the middle of it, the, the, he the, came up with it. The, he, he should be able the to traditional <laughs> pronunciation is Bixie, uh, uh, but just be like we're kind of intentionally misunderstanding some of the things about Asian uh, cuisine. It's totally meant to be mis pronounced it's and we're totally cool with it that's yeah, sure. kind of how it was designed it was we tossed 
probably 70 names at this project, and that's wasn't my favorite, but it's the one that stuck. Okay. I, I got in an argument with someone <laughs> recently, like a few weeks ago, you know, who was like, oh, I went to Bishi. I'm like, you know, it's pronounced Bixie. <laughs> and uh, they were like, no, it's not. It's Bishi. It's, the, you know. Asian pronunciation, blah, blah, blah. I was the like, staff will correct you. Will they? Yep. Well, because Arden, uh, this was my, I, I was told this, I was like, look, I am friends with the owner, <laughs> okay? Arden Fowler, and he pronounces it Bixie. And he's been talking about it for a year, and that's what he calls it. And they were like, well, that's not what it's, you know. And I finally saw Arden and was like, what the hell? You made me like look like an idiot. It's like, eh, whatever. You call it whatever you want. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Exactly. <laughs> like, well, why exactly. were you calling it because Bixie? Because originally like, no. we were going to go with Bixie because people were going to call it Bixie anyways. Why not? But then, you know what? We're going <laughs> to... We, well, yeah, but I mean, by the same time, they, people are supposed to call it what they want, but uh, we'd prefer... It, them being corrected only if they ask what it's actually pronounced. You're the one that came up with the name, Elliot. I know. <laughs> <laughs> now, is, the name is uh, one of nine sons of the dragon. The eldest. The eldest. Uh, the eldest son. Okay. In Chinese mythology. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. that right? Okay. Just wanted to He's along like, a lot of uh, Asian yeah. mythologies in general. Well, in, primarily in, Chinese, right? Depictions of him aren't just found in Chinese mythology, though. Like okay. You can find statues of, of Bishi. Uh, throughout uh, Asia. You can find them yeah. in uh, statues in Vietnam and Korea. And There's Japan. one in Harvard. There's one in Harvard. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they were... What's he look like? Uh, looks like a turtle with a dragon head and usually depicted carrying an obelisk or, uh, or stele on his back uh, that has a kind of a proclamation from a, either a local family or local government or something along those lines. But... Uh, uh, so he looks like a character out of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, somewhat. Yeah, uh, like, uh, like Bowser, uh, yeah. except yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on all fours. <laughs> yeah. That shit sells, man. Like Bowser. Bowser. Yeah, Bowser, the Mario. He's the bad guy in Are Mario. Are you telling me? Yeah. Well, here, here's well, my but thing. Yeah, not everybody out there has played Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. It's, it's How true. How dare you yeah. say yeah. that? Everybody listening to this has, I'll tell um, you that. I do. Like, you know how... Uh, Brewing beer has always been a career and always been uh, a profession for me. I was never a home brewer to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know how certain people have a hobby at brewing beer? Well, my hobby is to make video games and to play a lot of video games. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I, I became I fascinated into video games. I was like, I'm going to try to build a video game. And I felt very comfortable with uh, 3D modeling and animation. So if I'm not it's- at work, I'm probably... Holding my daughter while I play my Nintendo Switch. Yeah. That, that's video games, man. That's where the money is, right? You got to get yes. a, what a Twitch channel or something. Yes, I do have. Yeah, a, yeah. I do have a, a Twitch account and yeah. I stream it it's like, now and then. Oh like a, man, that's my kids are weird, really into that. I yeah. remember. And I just don't get it. My yeah, mom fine. was like, "You'll never stop playing video games. You'll never make money playing video games." And I'm like, "Says who?" Mom. Yeah, that's you what know? I keep saying to my kids. No, these YouTubers <laughs> make money. I'm like, "Shut up." They make you know? <laughs> like, I, I, some of them make like a million bucks. I'm not bucks. paying for your education so you can become a YouTuber. <laughs> yes. Right. Anyway. Don't become a YouTuber. No. Uh, <laughs> but play video games. Um, yeah. Now, I'm t- I, 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 I'd rather watch TV, but that's just me. I'm, uh, I'm lazy. Yeah. Now, is there, um, I would say that, you know, one of the differences uh, of this place is it is a brew pub. So you have, obviously, we've talked about it, a great outstanding food menu. 
and a brewery, it's like taking two really hard businesses to run on their own and combining them. Like how difficult has it been to, you know, to manage a brew pub? I've lost about 15 pounds since <laughs> May. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's there, there is so much to do here. And I'm, I mean, the only really thing that I've been helping Amard with is moving grain. So <laughs> he did actually, because when we, uh, I had to get a big order, the biggest that we were ever going to have just to brew the first batch of the beer. So we had a lot of grain sitting around and, uh, uh I moved that grain five times. The problem was that we had to keep moving because we were still there's still a lot of things being done at the place. And I didn't have a place dedicated to store grain. And now I, I, I shouldn't have because I I'm, can't have a whole lot of grain sitting around because it's a brew pump. <laughs> this guy along with, uh, oh my God. Sorry. <laughs> along with. <laughs> what, is that just okay, what is that that's for? That's left over from Owen and Engine. Oh, that's okay. my alarm that if I'm not out of bed yet, I got to get out of bed. <laughs> uh, it doesn't, it's. I mean, now I'm here at nine or ten in the morning most days, and yeah. so that's. Uh, I guess lets me know that I have to start writing pre-shift notes if that's coming up. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, my but phone yeah. tells me everything. My phone's constantly telling me what to do. If, I don't know what I would do. Oh, yeah, I know what I would do without my phone. I'd I, I'd do nothing. It'd be wonderful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I might throw it out right now. Beach yeah. in Thailand, you know. Yeah, like that. yeah. But no. he did. He did move the grains around a lot. He's talking about uh, losing fifteen pounds. I was. My wife went to labor when I was brewing a batch of beer here, and I had to get a procedure done. I had to remove a cyst in the back of my uh, my head, and then my wife calls me. I said, I think you should come home. I'm like, no, no, I got to go back to the brewery after having a, a small surgery done. And I was like, no, I have to finish things up. I'm in labor. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, but what? No, as long as you're home by six, I think I'll be okay. And by that time, she was having uh, a time of contractions and up at the hospital and having uh, uh, the baby at two o'clock in the morning. But it, <laughs> it puts your priorities in, in yeah. order, doesn't it? Having yeah. children. Is yeah. that what happened with Truth, tell, truth Teller? It was uh, Chilean Layer. It was a Szechuan uh, black pepper corn. The first batch. That's uh, not on anymore. We already have a, a second batch on. I bet you don't need an alarm clock to wake up. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> no, one, no one with children does. No. I don't remember the last time I had an alarm clock. <laughs> that's, that's well, uh, but things are going well, right? This is, uh, uh, you know, busy fixes everything, right? Yeah. I mean, we're, we, we started off with a bang. Uh, we were really busy for the first three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. And then uh, as the school year approached, we kind of quieted out and had a quiet week last week. But, I mean, that's Chicago. Everybody yeah. in Chicago. Yeah. yeah, we certainly did. Yeah. After Labor Day. Yep. After Labor Day, yep. it's kind of a keep your fingers crossed and uh, wait for it to start to pick up. Which I, I know we've got a lot of people that have talked to us about coming into the end of September, but it's uh, yeah. trying to get them to come in a little bit earlier. Just, you know, pay the bills. But I believe that... Chicago in general doesn't know about us. I, I think there's a lot of people that don't know we exist. We haven't done any serious PR. We just opened the doors. Well, you're on the Beer Opinions podcast. Yeah. I mean, now, what? I yeah. mean, yeah, it's gonna come in. There's at least three <laughs> people who now know about it. <laughs> Sometime in the next year. I give it four. It'll be here. <laughs> yeah, your problems are over, my yes. friend. Yes. You are now, now we, on the Beer Opinions. <laughs> I mean, we're getting lots of articles written about us. We uh, are. A, yeah. 
not so not all roses uh Chicago Reader piece came out today, and then uh, yesterday or day before, there was a short piece on Chicago Magazine. Um, Luckily, no one reads the Chicago Reader anymore, <laughs> so they're probably all right there. I didn't know they still made it. Yeah, they, it's where did, I can't even don't even know where to find one these days. Like there used to be stands on every corner, and uh, now, but I mean, so goes print media. Exactly. Yeah. Where do you buy print media? Actually, we had a, a piece on the Tribune that came out. It was printed. Somebody told me, uh, uh, Jameson told us that, uh, uh, hey, Marty, you should run to 7-Eleven and, and get a couple of copies. I was like, do they sell to Tribune at 7-Eleven? Uh, I know they sell it at Walgreens. They do. Well, they had two copies, two copies? of Tribune yeah, at 7-Eleven. They probably don't print many besides the home delivery. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, that's Subscription, also, right? Is that right. a subscription? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, you can now pay for an online subscription to get everything, too, mm. so, which, I mean... But what am I gonna clean my windows with? Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. I still get a physical paper. It's just part of my morning ritual. Do you, you, know? do you have a, uh, a home telephone line too? I, you know, you still I do. do. <laughs> my wife won't let me get rid yeah, of it. Yeah. She doesn't listen to this, so I can talk <laughs> about it. But she's really being stubborn about it. The only people that call our house line are telemarketers and my in-laws. <laughs> And I don't, I, you know, I don't want to talk to either. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, they don't listen either, so it's fine. <laughs> so I don't, you know, the phone rings and she's like, "Are you gonna get that?" I'm like, "No, I'm fucking not gonna get that," you know, because it's not for me. Anyone trying to reach me is calling my cell phone. Right. So no, I'm not even gonna look at it, you know. And sure enough, she'll finally get up and look at it, and it's a telemarketer. Yeah. Yep. But uh, well, yeah, so I'm, I'm one of the few people with a landline. They started to get cell phone numbers now too, which is even more frustrating. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, like, no, I get like like two or three calls a day from a number that I don't know, and I have to at least pick up. People are trying to sell me stuff through Facebook Messenger now. Oh, awesome! What? <laughs> yeah, I'm about ready to get off of it. it. And it's not, you know, it's people I kind of know, you know, because mm. they know how to find me on it. You know, it's people trying, you know. Legitimately right. trying to sell me they, things, beer mostly, and you know, other things. <laughs> oh, I was yeah. going to say, it's and not like, uh, like Tupperware or anything? No, or no, or no. new car insurance? <laughs> <laughs> oh, or that uh, Caribbean cruise. Or a POS system. It's all restaurant related, yeah. you know? And, yeah. um, I, you know by the way, to I anyone it. trying to do that, by the way, I don't buy things through Facebook Messenger. <laughs> Unless it's Illuminated Brewery. I still buy my beer through them on Facebook Messenger. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Believe it or not. I was going to yeah. say, don't take the opportunity to say, I love Kaiser Tiger. Oh, thank you. I think uh, it's a very beautiful place as well, the outside area primarily. Thank you. Um, but last time I was there, it was a uh, friend's birthday. And I was, oh, let's get shots. Let's do birthday shots. And I kept bringing in shots, and I was taking shots of water while he was taking shots of, of silver tequila or vodka. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I got him real drunk. Oh, good. And he fell on his face that night. And oh, I, did he hurt himself? And I no, only in the best. I possible think he way. Uh, <laughs> he, might, he lost his pride though. Did our uh, security staff uh, muscle him out the door? No. Or, no. Do you have security staff? I don't know. Sometimes. Did, sometimes. <laughs> he wasn't the he Not wasn't really. the guy who pooped in the sink, was he? Oh, that's <laughs> a little one. Oh. It took a dookie in the urinal. The uh, he's referring to what, what date was this? Oh, uh, it was a while, but we had a Yelp review, <laughs> like you know. I don't read Yelp, um, and I have no respect for any Yelp reviews. So, you know, if you ever Yelp my restaurants, uh, have at it. I'll never read it. 
But this one was sent to me, and it was too good. I shared it on social media. This guy came in, and apparently, you know, he gave us one star, of course. And, uh, you know, if he could have given us zero, he would have. But only, you know, the lowest one you can give is one. And it said, this place sucks so bad that my friend uh, shit his pants and uh, instead of leaving, went into the bathroom and cleaned himself up and stayed. And that's how bad this place is. And, uh, you know, first of all, what? Yeah, there's a lot of question marks, right? There's a lot, uh, you know, what? you got to rewind that a little bit and be like, first of all, uh, your friend is f- fucking gross, right? <laughs> go home. You shit yourself, go home. All right. Second of all, doesn't that, isn't that more proof of how awesome we are that your friend was having such a good time that he shit himself and, and didn't want to leave? Right. He's like, yeah. no, no, I you can't, know? I can't I think get enough story, of this. We need yeah, to go back. It's actually that story actually yeah. demonstrates the opposite that we are, in fact, so great that even if you shit yourself, you're staying. You're staying. <laughs> you're you're going to go in the bathroom and clean yourself up because yeah. you're having too good of a yeah. time. Yeah. So good. If yeah. you shit yourself, you're going to stay. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's our motto. It's not our motto. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it could be. It could be. That's Someone. a good, that is a good shirt. Um, <laughs> shirt design. Uh-oh. Um, Fuck Yelp is what I'm saying. <laughs> what, was that a, uh, what do they call it now, an elite uh, Yelp reviewer or something like that? I, I, yeah. he, he's yeah. definitely an elite Yelper. He's elite in many ways. Man, yeah. we had, uh, I don't read uh, reviews. I, I well, This one time I got tempted and I saw five stars. I came in for the beer, say for the beer, the food was this, this, and I was like, no, 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 no I'm not reading anything. I, I just, yeah. I read, you know, I read legitimate one. I don't think Yelp is legitimate, but you know, there's. I think there's other as, uh, other avenues of of reviews that are. You know, we use the Open Table, which is a reservation system, and yeah, um, those people. Uh, number one, I know they were there because they made a reservation, mm-hmm. and you know, I know they had. You know, because so, some of these Yelp reviews are just completely made up. Um, you know, it could be their ex. You know, trying to get their ex boyfriend in trouble, or you know, there's all sorts of weirdness. Mm-hmm. But these, I think, Open Table is legitimate reviews. Um, and I do read those, and I, I, I read, uh, um, uh, you know, Facebook reviews, actually, because those are associated with a real person. They're not anonymous. Um, so I think reviews are helpful, certainly, and I am open to constructive criticism. But, you know, when it's just a story about your buddy shitting his pants, yeah. I mean, how does Yelp even keep that review up? I don't, yeah. you know. Yeah. They, gotta, you'd be surprised at what they take down, but they take down at, them down at really random st- uh, times like I, I, usually uh, when you don't pay the three hundred dollar monthly fee. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped yeah, reading. Yeah, 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 it was yeah. probably six or seven years ago. I kicked a guy out of Patty Long's, and you know I don't kick people out for nothing. Uh, you know this guy needed to be kicked out, and uh, of course he went to Yelp for a revenge review the next day. Re- and, re- and, revenge review. Yeah, and in the review called me a fat prick. Now oh. I. Uh, resemble that comment but um you know should that be allowed in print on on yelp so i reached out to them said hey you know this is what happened this guy was belligerent and you know i'd forcibly remove him from the premises you know blah 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 blah. uh and they wrote back well sorry but um that's his opinion and yelp is all about our yelpers opinions and i said well you know then my opinion is fuck yelp and i will never deal with you or read any of your fucking reviews ever again unless it's about someone shitting their pants and they, someone sends it to me that I'm reading that but at, at your place yes yeah. yes <laughs> <laughs> the, 
so, all right, enough about Yelp. Yeah. Uh, another question. Going back on topic a little bit. Thank you, Bruce. So, you know, I, I think one, I have a question. One, one thing that um, has been often discussed is kind of what will Chicago's beer identity be if there is, I don't know if there, I don't think there maybe ever will be a singular beer identity, but you know, what would capture that kind of like the West coast, you know, strong hoppy beers and obviously our friends on the East coast with their, uh, no, I won't mention it. Uh, but, um, you know, one of the things that I've always thought of is kind of this culinary approach to beer in Chicago makes a lot of sense and does have an identity. Um, I'm not sure if you've thought about that or if you kind of see Chicago as a natural fit for this type of approach or any other thoughts. In my opinion, that would I got, be awesome, yeah. I but uh, uh, I don't know that that's going to fully take. Sure. Um, we, we do seem to have a, a plethora of culinary-inspired beers here, uh, not just from breweries that are focusing on it, but then there are other people, like you know, two brothers that are putting out food-inspired beers as well. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I was thinking, obviously, Band of Bohemia. Band of Bohemia, uh, there's Club. Moody Tongue. Moody Tongue, yep, yep. Um, yeah, there's more, I just can't. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, more or less, Five Rabbit. Sure, uh, yeah, yeah. The uh, uh, Forbidden Root as well. I, I mean, we have a lot of people that are doing interesting spins uh, and kind of unique spins on their beers, but I don't know that that's, there's going to be enough and I don't know uh, to make that a Chicago style. And I don't know if because that that culinary beer is kind of a niche within the niche of craft beer. I don't know that it's something that will be prevalent enough to really take hold as the Chicago thing. Sure. Yeah. I mean, but then again, milkshake IPA and so on. <laughs> so <clears throat> abomination and on and on and on. Uh, and yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys see me rolling my eyes. I. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I, I will say what like the beauty of being a brew pub and selling all of your beer in house is you you kind of don't have to build uh, a brand that way, right? right. You don't have to Trend, bank follow. on yeah. you know people don't have to have a certain style in mind when they think of you, yeah. Uh, because you're almost you you know it's almost your job to show to to offer them a plethora of styles um, because it's the only beer. Uh, well, maybe it's not the only beer available here, but you know, it's uh, you're you're trying to sell to uh, a myriad of of palates. Whoever's coming in, right? You want to be able to have a beer to offer them. So, it, I think it's it, having like a brand identity as far as styles go is much more important if you're on the shelf. Um, Very much so, right? Don't you, you know, so, so that people have an idea of what they're buying when they buy your 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 beer on the shelf without being able to taste it here. You know, you have people on the front lines, the bartenders, explaining what the beers are and, and all that kind of... It's the beauty of being a brew pub, right? I can only partially agree with that. Okay. I can only partially agree with that just for the sake of beer. You know? Yeah. What, 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 what beer has to... What role does beer take in our society? And then what people come back to have their thing. I've, every place should have their thing. What's our thing? Yeah. So we're trying to figure it out. Yes, I, I agree partially with the fact that we can, and absolutely that takes a, a bigger role into, we're much more flexible in the things we, we can put out. Absolutely. But I feel like we, we have to have our thing that people come back to. And I think that thing needs to work very well. And segue on the culinary, and I'm, I'm going to quote this, because 
what is culinary beer? <laughs> does it, does it, is it made to pair with food or does it have food ingredients in it? Or, well, malt can be in food as well. So it, it, it's a, if you try to, this is the problem with humankind. We try to categorize everything. Yeah. And it only makes sense in our minds. If Especially we're cate- us nerds, right? <laughs> yes. We have to. Categorize. So I, I put, I'm putting out this beer called Embrace Chaos, which is our, our, our Sarayel. And I'm having the people behind the bar making, uh, make up uh, a couple of syrups to go to kind of harmonize sourness and sweetness a little bit. And it's an outlet. So I'm embracing the chaos. But at the same time, I think I should lay off on the category categorization a little bit but the fun the, the main fundament of, of of making beer and establishing yourself as as a brewery first and foremost or a brew pub we had we had that uh discussion earlier but we might we might have brought up the brew <laughs> we pub did we did brewery. production brewery thing off off no, the air as, we, we as, should talk about that on the air we, too, we right? are we have a brewery so we, establishing yourself as a company of any kind you have to have your thing. Whether there's one beer they have on tap at all times and you leave eight or nine different beers to rotate, whatever it is, I feel like it have to be professional about it. Mm-hmm. That's it. All right. Do you guys, uh, so, uh, you know, you're, you've chosen to go the brew pub route and, you know, there aren't a lot of brew pubs opening in Chicago. I mean, there's breweries opening up left, right, and center. Right, but there's also not a lot of shelf space left in Chicago. There's right. not a lot of free tap lines left in Chicago. Yeah, right? yeah, no. I mean, I, uh, brew pubs to me are uh, very near and dear to my heart. That's how I started out in this business, running brew pubs, and they, to me, epitomize a neighborhood brewery. You know, a brew pub really, to me, is the idea of a neighborhood brewery. Do you? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I'm feeling a little bit like. Tap rooms are uh, taking that over. They're, you know, trying to be the neighborhood stop, you know, as well as, you know, production breweries, which is what, you know, they're kind of supposed to be, right? Yes. And that's what they were licensed for. And um, So, you know, the crux of my question is, as a brew pub, as someone who, A, can't self-distribute, B, has to serve food, uh, you know, who is uh, saddled with sort of all of the trials and tribulations of running a restaurant and a brewery and selling it all in-house. Does the recent law change allowing tap rooms to serve other people's beer, which is a right that you have, as well as serving cider, also a right that you have, um, do you think that encroaches on the brew pub concept? Somewhat. uh, Somewhat, I mean, it's a tough, it's a tough one. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's murky waters, very murky waters. I have, I have my solid ten cents to talk about it, (laughs) and uh, and here, and here it goes. And and this is by any means being negative about any production facility out there, but here's the word quality. If you're gonna package your product and put in the bottles. It's not because, oh, the competition. You got to make sure that DO, dissolved oxygen, it's on point. I mean, we're talking about uh, uh, 
breweries like uh, uh, every brewery that belongs to Anheuser Busch and Bev, they have a cap of twenty five parts per billion. You know, any beer on Earth will oxidize at some point. But for me, for me, oxidization of beer it's one main one that 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 you have to make sure that DO pickup is very minimized throughout packaging. And if you're gonna pack package a beer with 300, 900 PPBs of dissolved oxygen in your beer, your quality plummets. And 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 to back you up. On so that's the, a challenge facing production breweries that yes. maybe isn't facing brew pubs. Absolutely, and and in production breweries, they they understand that in order to to have quality at their their level of production, they they can't have quality. So they they serve their beer fresh, and I think you got to pick right. You. I do. I I think I agree with that. Um, you know, uh, and, you know, I, I don't own a brew pub. I own a bar. And I, I think everyone who listens to this podcast knows I was a little pissed off with this uh, law change because, um, you know, I think it is encroaching on what I can offer the public. And, um, and it, which, you know, I, I don't mind competition. I do bristle a little bit at competition from people that I'm supposed to be supporting uh, and lot. who are supposed to be supporting me. Um <laughs> You know, it's it's kind of upended sort of the traditional relationship of the supplier and the retailer. Uh, but um, if I had a brew pub, I think I would be doubly pissed off because this law change did not uh, uh, help you guys at all. Um, you cannot self-distribute, right? right? Which would be nice, yep. you know, um, you know, to sell the occasional keg to an event or sell it to a friend for. Uh, uh, you know, for an event at their bar or whatever, regardless so, whether we want it or not. What? Yeah, regardless of whether whether you would do that or not. Um, I mean, the brew pubs got no new rights out of this bill that I know of. Are there? Uh, you know, I, I, unless I'm missing something. Uh, I haven't had the time to really <laughs> sit down and look at the law, um, unfortunately. But yeah, the the. Uh, I, I, I'm on the the reason I'm on the fence about it is uh, here in Logan Square we do have a number of breweries uh, and more popping up. Salamoth is looking at opening a, a location here. Middlebrow will be uh, establishing, I think, essentially a brew pub. Uh, they were talking about having pizza here in Logan Square. Um, well, you can still sell food at a tap room, which is another. Wait, <laughs> what? Yeah, you can. Wait, you can get a restaurant license. What? Sure. You mean cook food? Yes. You can sell food. But you can you can serve food. Well, I know you could like sell bags of chips, etc. But no, you can have yeah. a full kitchen. Full kitchen in a tap room. Yeah, Ventures. look at half acre. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's nothing stopping you from getting a restaurant license. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, on top of your tap room Forgot license. Bell, hey. I don't get out enough. <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh, yeah, so they have that right as well. Um. You know, I, I think it would be foolish if any of those new breweries were to go the, the brew pub route. They're, the only thing they're gaining by doing so is serving liquor. Right. And at that end, like, if you're serving liquor, are your customers wearing themselves out more quickly? Are they, like, for... Well, I mean, serving liquor, I think, is an advantage, certainly. But, you know, I've worked in breweries and brew pubs. It was a very small... 
uh, percentage of our sales. I don't know about, you know, you guys, um, you know, I'm sure you serve liquor. We serve liquor. We are, we do have a very nice cocktail program. You do. Yes. I had a very lovely mm. plum wine frozen cocktail. Yeah. Uh, it was delicious. Um, so there, you know, those are advantages yeah. certainly, but are they worth, um, you know, uh, not being able to self-distribute, I think, would be the biggest um, takeaway. It, it, it affects us differently in that we also, because we have two other restaurants with us, mm-hmm. uh, we are... Brew Pub is your only option. Brew Pub is our only option. Yeah, you would have mm-hmm. to divest those two restaurants in order to open a production well, brewery. For now, I, I think Josh Deeth was working on uh, some law changes so he could... Uh, I think he was grandfathered in. He was grandfathered? If, so if you had this first... Well, no. Well, I, I don't know. No, you know he, he I don't was, know. The, I thought he was trying to get back uh, handlebar, right? I could have sworn he was. He missed his baby in handlebar and mm-hmm. was trying to get a law altered or changed so that he could reacquire handlebar. Uh, well, yeah. There was also something with his brew pub. They wanted to because he was making so many barrels of beer at uh, on Kedzie. Right. They were like, "Well, you're over the." Over the, uh, the cap for being a class two brewer as well. You right. know, you, like you're not supposed to be a class one and a class two. I don't know. Those are all good questions. I do know that if I were to open a production brewery, I'd have to. Uh, you would have to. I'd get, have to divest, divest my to, my bars. Yeah, both. I moments. could open a, a brew pub though. Right. Just as you did. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, but it's all very weird, and uh, part of it for us was exact. We particularly. Love the marriage of beer and food together, and yeah, uh, no, I'm not suggesting that this was no, the no, wrong no. way to go. I'm yeah. just trying to get your guys' opinion. I, you know, like I said, I'm I, and, and I'm trying. What is to, the name of the show again? Beer, beer opinions. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we have many beer opinions on this show. I don't know. I think I, you know, I, I'm afraid that brew pub concept is going to die out if they keep. It shouldn't. Uh, it shouldn't. You know. Here, here's my my opinion on that too. Is that one. We have to sell our not. It's part of the experience. You sell your experience. You sell. You sell who you are. Yeah. You sell the uh, the experience of people coming here and enjoying what we do. The product is part of it. Uh, one, two, distribution in this country. I've worked for distributing, uh, not distributing. I worked for packaging uh, breweries, and it's very tough. It's very tough to deal with uh, uh, cold-hearted and 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 thoughtless and it's just it's just very hard and i think it's a different industry it is the distributors certainly hold a lot of power for being essentially middlemen yes they can make and break a brewery yes yes and uh, uh create other stories i well, i think I, I have enough stories to go on for hours here yeah. about distribution but what are your thoughts on the three-tiered system mm. <laughs> lobby yeah, you know that's the main reason why it it exists to begin with. In its current well, I form, or you I mean originally it was founded in more or less good graces, but you know. Yeah, I think there were a lot of good ideas. You know, after prohibition, they wanted to kind of have a middleman, literally, to um, foster competition in bars and stuff. But you know how, how the middleman gained power? Yeah. You know, yeah. that, that's, that doesn't apply anymore. Yeah. And they, I don't know. It's just like whenever people take my beer and then treat it like poo-poo. 
Yeah. You know, that's, that you can does say not shit on this. Can I say yeah, shit? you can say shit. <laughs> Pure opinions, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, it just it just breaks my heart because it's not a representative of what I worked so far to do it. You know. Yeah, it's definitely not. Uh, I mean, and there's exceptions to this. Absolutely, we're speaking in general terms. Yes, yes. There are not a lot of beer people involved in distributing, um, and there can be some abuse of the product. Um, you know, they're 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 definitely in it to move. You know, they're looking at it as you know they're moving widgets, right? They're mm-hmm. they're, they're it's product. It's Volume. not. Uh, it's not the way we're we're all. You know, obviously we're sitting on a. In a podcast called Beer Opinions, we 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 live this shit, right? We mm-hmm. love it. Um, that's probably not going on very much in the and and there's are there are exceptions, and I could I could name a few of, uh, you know, but um, you know, I, I I'm just looking for a solution because, you know, the three tiered system does protect what I'm doing in a lot of ways. Um, I've never had any respect for distributors, but. Um, you know, if all of the power is given to the producer, mm-hmm. I think we're just in a different quandary. It, well, the reason I was saying it was murky, like because a lot of because so much of the margin is taken out by the or is taken up by the uh, distributor, uh, a lot of smaller producers would have a much harder time surviving if it weren't for their tap rooms. So, in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, that's. One this reason is absolutely I'm not, true. Yes, I, I'm not totally well, against the the lot change because it allows them a better survivability. However, and, and I'm not against tap rooms either. You know, I think right, people should be able to showcase their products on their property. That should be the main purpose. Yeah. We talk, if I could throw a number, I would say no more than ten percent of your of your sales should be out of your tap room if you have a production facility. Plus, do you know how hard it is to keep your product fresh fresh in a bottle? in a packaged container right. and ship it off across the United States. One that's very hard as, as a production facility. That's why we need to give props to, to big brewers as well because they keep quality. And quality, beer is not brewed from a bucket. Beer is still brewed, being brewed from raw ingredients and they manage to keep that product fresh. No matter what it is, no matter what brand it is, beer is still brewed, being brewed from, from raw ingredients. That's very hard. Uh, that's why I think... I know it's a very different industry, right. packaged versus but brew pubs. Like, Elliot, don't you think if a brewery is going to close without their tap room, that maybe they should be a brew pub? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, that's part it's, of the reason that I, I originally advocated for us to be a brew pub anyway. Yeah. Like, uh, we have beers that aren't there for us. They're not for everybody. We, 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 enjoy, we enjoy them a lot, but to be able to produce beer that we like at a volume that is sustainable, it's we can't find that sustainable volume on shelves. We, mm-hmm. that's, and you use the food as the, food is a hook. Food is, I, I is mean, the hook, yeah. I, I mean, in addition to being fantastic on its own right. Right, but, but allows, I mean, yeah. to, to be, I mean, this also allows us to bring, to have beer to bring people in for the food or to have the food to bring people in for the beer or, you know, or, or have the skylight to bring people in yeah. for both. I mean, <laughs> it is. You do have to check. Retractable yeah. roof. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a time when brew pubs, uh, they they either did one or the other well. You right. Know, yeah. Either the yeah. food or the beer. Totally. Oh, that's you still, went in there and you're like, well, the food was good. Uh, the beer was shit. Yeah. Or, oh, the, be- the beer, beer was, was amazing, but had, don't eat. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, <laughs> I had a friend that told me that. I brought him over and said, 
Imar, the beer is good, but the food's better. And they're like, Hey, you're still coming in, so what a dick. Yeah, <laughs> hear that, Brian? You know, you know, you're, you're gonna. I'm gonna send you this uh, the link to this podcast. <laughs> but you know, I it, to me, really, the first one that I said, you know, got it all right uh, in Chicago. Anyway, you know, I, all of my opinions are based in Chicago. Uh, it was Revolution, mm-hmm. and when Revolution Brew Pub opened up, I was like, holy shit. They you know, finally started taking I w- somebody's yeah. taking the food seriously. I would come mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. if the if they didn't make beer, and I would come here if they weren't serving food. Yeah, you know, okay. they, they got a right, right up there too. Like quarter, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like, quarter came around. Dry hop, dry hop first. You know, dry hop, yeah, dry hop first. Dry hop. I mean, quarter yeah. came second. Quarter. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I like that burger at dry hop. I don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I'm I'm a little burgered out. Yeah, yeah, well. Yeah. Oh, by Port the way, shout out the... to, uh, a, sorry, I got a quick shout out to uh, Owen and Engine, which is my favorite burger in the city. Tuesday, uh, uh, Tuesday burger uh, night? Tuesday burger night. But yes. it's good every That night. could be uh, contributing to your burger out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was going to yeah. say, I would be, yeah, yeah, but that I, burger is so good. I, for a while, whenever I traveled out of their cities, I'd be like, you know what, let's do this. Let's uh, let's try another burger. And I'd, I'd Go have a burger at uh, some legendary place in another city, and every time I was just like, "Well, that's that's okay, but <laughs> yeah, yeah." Your but curse. why was that twenty seven dollars? Amazingly, I am not baconed out yet. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna. Uh, has <laughs> anybody actually only. eaten the entire bacon explosion on their own? Uh, yeah, I think if we're up to five or s- no. It's, it's in double digits now, like oh, twelve people. They're all pro- professional competitive eaters. Like, please don't try it, and we don't encourage it. <laughs> Oh, okay. uh, the challenge, you You're, know, the, is what we oh, call it. The mal- but, yeah, Patty Long's, there's a challenge. Five pounds? Five pounds plus a pound of fries. Jesus. Oh, come on. And <laughs> I, dude, the, the record is oh. uh, held by a woman right now. And uh, she did it in uh, like four minutes. It, it, she's like 100 Good pounds girl. wet. I yeah. Mean, she, or 110 well, pounds I mean, wet. Like Tiny, cute little girl. She is uh, a woman. I should say woman. Um, <laughs> She is the most amazing eater I've ever seen. You can uh, uh, you can Google that on YouTube. It's worth watching. Yeah, Molly, like, I think, is her name. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. I amazing. Still, might try this. Don't, don't. <laughs> you, you, it'll ruin you, your night. You've seen me eat, so you, oh I, man, I know it's the, impressive. The the I'm always I can always eat. The, you know, it's not just the six pounds of food. It's you know, this is the bacon bomb. So it's like well, it's, a lot of salt, salt, a lot of spice. You know, I mean. I've seen people swell up after it. I, I just, you know, you have to sign a waiver <laughs> because I'm not responsible, you know, for yeah. whatever happens to your body after doing this. I mean, it's 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 not anything I recommend. Huh. You, the trick is you have to go quick. I, I've watched a few people fail there, and it's they're always they get it about halfway through, and and you know, but they're pacing themselves. That's a mistake. You got to go fast. There was a, a a professional leader from Japan that came in. The ninja, <laughs> and she was dressed like a ninja. It was is that what it, it is? was so great, and they were filming it for a Japanese show. Which, by the way, I I, I got to get a copy of it. They sent me like a link. Doesn't work anymore, and I'm dubbed in Japanese, which is <laughs> it's like a dream come true. It's like a reverse kung fu movie, you know. I'm sitting there going, you know, moving my mouth, and it's like, hey, it's fucking the greatest thing I've ever been a part of. But she sat down with a fork and knife and ate the thing like she was, you know, having a, a just a regular meal. And she took all 45 oh, minutes. Oh, really? So yeah, she didn't Yeah, took speak. her time, was neat as, you know, 
not a crumb on the plate, very neatly, ate the whole thing. And, you know, we were all pretty amazed. She was a, a, a tiny Japanese woman. And, uh, and then afterwards, like, they, they were doing beauty shots of the food. And then, uh, you know, and I was like, oh, anyone who wants to eat, you know, go, go for it. And she started eating the, the beauty shot food. I was like, are you fucking nuts? You're not, you're still hungry? You know? Oh, yes. Oh, you know, I, I eat a lot. <laughs> I really want to see this link. Yeah, I, you know, I know more about competitive eating than I ever cared to know, thanks to the bacon bomb. But uh, Bacon you know. bomb. Bacon bomb. You guys actually just the bomb. We got <laughs> cease and assist on bacon bomb. Just the bomb now. Nice. Yeah, someone trademarked it. Oh. oh. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, All right. Well, I know what I'm doing next day off. <laughs> <laughs> He's already thinking you about better the have food. a day off after it. Is yeah. What I'm saying. Yeah, I, I, I got two. I got two. Yeah. I, you guys open what? Every day. No, I mean, what time do you open on Saturdays? Eleven thirty. He's gonna stop by. No, eleven a.m. on Saturday. Eleven a.m. Be ready. All right, sorry about the tapping. Patty Longs. Uh, uh, um, yeah, all right. I don't know if... Uh, I'm not going to be the four minutes, but I think... We'll see. We'll see. Let me know. I want to watch that. <laughs> I'm going to go and document it. Yeah, right? It's <laughs> yes. got to be on film. Yes. yes. Well, because I, I, I've taken down the oh, the entire plate burger and fries at Owen in just, un, uh, just over three minutes. So. Uh, wow. Well, that is impressive. I could do this, maybe. <laughs> oh, man. We're maybe. setting this up. Man. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Yeah, this is happening. Yeah. This is happening. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> part two. Yes. Part- <laughs> <laughs> we'll do the podcast while he's eating. And, uh, <laughs> I'm taking video. We yeah. will post it on the Beer Opinions website. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, now is the time when we get to shamelessly promote anything we want. And uh, Ooh, look at that. Uh, yes. Yeah, our shameless promotion time. Elliot, why don't we start with you? Uh, anything that's going on here or anywhere or anything? Uh. Soon we will be. Op- we've got uh, uh, staff training that we're doing every Tuesday here at uh, Bishi, uh, and soon we will be uh, opening that up to the public. So uh, I think our first ones here in a couple weeks. We are going to be doing a little bit of off flavors training uh, with the staff, but we'll be selling tickets. I think we were talking, trying to keep it affordable, um, ten ahead maybe. Uh, so people can come in, try a few beers with uh, four different flavor spikes, and we'll talk about kind of where those flavors come from, uh, how to avoid them, and uh, what you should say when you find them. Uh, Excellent. And they can really find cool. uh, yeah. yeah, they can find info on that on the website. Yeah. Soon, we're uh, our website is still kind of a work in progress. It's yep. it's up, but it's we're still fleshing it out. Awesome. All right. Yeah. Uh, Amard, what's what's up? Those spikes come from Siebel Institute of Technology. <laughs> ah, from yes, not from not from that Cicerone program. No, <laughs> I think they make those I'm, too. <laughs> uh, I, I think Ray gets them from Aroxa uh, and Siebel. Oh, he gets them from the same yeah, place. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Ray teaches at Siebel. He know? does. Yeah, so, yeah, he always, yeah. yeah, he runs the uh, Ray the is Master the founder of the Cicerone program. Yes, for those he listening. is. Ray Daniels, great yes. guy. Uh, I we do have. I want to display. Here's my thing. Beer is better when it's drinking fresh. Mm-hmm. So keep tuned. Every time that we're going to hook up either a year-round beer or a beer that uh, is new on tap for the first time, we want to display it. And we want to... Like the kettle sour today. Yes, it's... See, this is the thing. <laughs> kettle sours. Uh, it's, it's, a pure, it's a pure lactic acid fermentation in a kettle. 
different from a few other sours that uh, contains other things like butyric acid. It tastes like vomit. Uh, but beer, beers should be fresh is the better. Most styles, most most types of beer. Uh, so I'm gonna uh, promote the fact that we're every time that I hook up a new beer, be happy hour. You're gonna have that beer, four dollars a full pint, give or take. All right. So That's um, for new beers. All right. Yeah. Cool. We yeah. can do that. Yeah. Just cool. decided that right now. <laughs> All right. Now let's we uh, call that start a, marketing it. Yes. And uh, call we that can a beer. Yeah. Start that that is a beer opinions exclusive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, now that we've announced it, we can start this a week from today, according to Chicago law. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. There you go. You've advertised it. Yeah. Yeah. There we are. By, you know, by the way, this was recorded. Can I try uh, this? You know, two weeks ago. Right. <laughs> Beer being is exclusive. I like that. Bruce, what do you got happening, man? You know, just, uh, just ready to go do some apple picking, you know? Ooh. Uh, you know, getting into the season. We're... I don't know. I, I, I just made that up, too. Well, oh, I, I don't really I was going to say, I was, do you have any favorite apples? Because, I, I mean, I, I'm i going picking this weekend, too. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, I, we'll trade notes because I have no idea. Uh, keep your eyes out for keepsakes. They're little knobby, ugly apples. Okay. But they have one of the most amazing kind of nutty sweet flavors that you can find. All right. But they, they're ugly as sin. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Little apple. <laughs> uh, tips from Elliot. I love it. He has a lot of tips I can give out to you guys. Uh, got lots of knowledge about all kinds of random things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am going to shamelessly promote uh, a, a rugby raffle at um, Patty Long's. If I can find the date, that is, uh, oh, there's probably no reason to promote it. It's tomorrow. this podcast won't be ready by then if you have a time machine please travel back in time so i'm just going to promote the rugby game there is a a very special uh rugby weekend coming up here in chicago it is november 4th at soldier field get your tickets there are plenty i think uh it is starting off uh three games that day uh our uh, u.s women's team who are one of the best in the world are taking on the new zealand all blacks women's team the lady what? ferns and they, they are also one of the best teams uh yeah. female teams in the world and then that is followed by uh ireland versus italy uh and ireland we, has one of the best teams in the world too you know they are ranked uh second in the world right now nice. so mm-hmm. yes um i lived in ireland for a year oh mm-hmm. yeah there i you worked go. at a tiny brew pub not too far from um st james gate which is the main was it the porterhouse Porterhouse was next to it, too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know. What, what was the name of your brew? It was Mas- called Masses McGuire. It's not. Oh, the, I've yeah. been there. Yes. Yeah, they're not yeah. open anymore. Oh, okay. My oh. business partner's from Dublin. Wow, so wow. nice. We go over for rugby a lot. I believe that they're not open anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and then the third game. <laughs> they're dead to him anyway. They yeah. probably aren't. <laughs> the Irish don't care. Yeah. Uh, and then the third uh, game is going to be uh, the U.S. versus uh, New Zealand's, basically their B side. They're called the New Zealand Maoris. So it's going to be a wonderful day of rugby at Soldier Field, and my 12-year-old son is going to be able to uh, play a little rugby during the halftime of one oh, of the cool. games. So, That's yes, awesome. yeah. shout out to Nicholas. He'll be out there uh, kicking ass and taking names. Nice. Or at least 
Titan off in the air, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 So it wow. should be a wonderful day. Everyone who's in, interested in rugby, it's uh, uh, fantastic. What oh, is, and I, what day is that? That's, that's uh, Saturday, November 4th, I believe. Okay. Awesome. I do want to give be a, a little sh- chilly out. Yeah. Yeah, it should be not. Yeah. yeah. It should yeah, be, nice. be fine. Yeah, it's good. I do want to give uh, Dick Cutler a little shout out. He's oh. coming in. He said he's listening to when we were like, no one's listening. He's like, I'm listening. I think. He is. I'm the Facebook. Dick is yeah. a, a wonderful man, and I saw him up at the Great Taste of the Midwest. Yep. Um, uh, he is uh, one of our loyal listeners. Yeah. Thank you, Dick. Yes. Uh, we love him. And uh, we love his son, too. He is the father of Jonathan Cutler over at Peace Brewery. Nice. Who we all know. Uh, the original Jay Cutler. Not that worthless <laughs> quarterback we had for a while. Man. Uh, Jonathan, he'll be on the podcast one day. We're yeah. working on him. Yeah. He's afraid what he's going to say. <laughs> and I'm like, that's why I want you on. Oh, they Peace made the news recently. Peace did make yeah, the news yeah, recently. Yeah, 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 a little yeah, fracas with yeah, uh, yeah. the hungry Another tour hound. company. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we had him over. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. This week. Is it this week? Uh, yeah, but that's that'll be airing later in later in September. Oh, yeah. the hungry, yeah, the hungry. Yeah. Oh, yeah, nice. he, was, he was actually in the day after. Uh, oh, the whole thing the blew whole up. Thing blew up. It was, yeah. He oh. was. He seemed a little uh, defensive. Yeah, while he was very here. much so. Yeah, that's not the first time he's been caught in the crosshairs. I think he got in trouble uh, for it, like. It's every other year. If yeah, he was always doing some. I don't want to say it wasn't it was, a particularly pleasant experience. Yeah. Yes. I've never met him. I don't know. You know. No, he's he's a guy. He is. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I don't know. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Worry. Don't worry. He's not listening to this. Yeah. No. no. So. That's good. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much for letting us into this beautiful, beautiful uh, brew pub. Yeah. I uh, encourage everyone to get down here on Milwaukee Avenue. What's the exact address? 2515 North Milwaukee Avenue. Bam, bam, bam. Oh, I actually had that ready. But... Uh, uh, two five one five North Milwaukee Avenue. Oh. <laughs> uh, Chicago, Illinois six zero six four seven. We need to hire Elliot to do sound effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know? yes. you could be like our Fred. I'm from Howard Stern. That would be uh, awesome. Man. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Come down and visit Bixie or Bishi, whatever you want to call it. And uh, if you uh, say Bixie, you're gonna get corrected. Just you're gonna- no, <laughs> it depends on who's around. <laughs> and uh, tell your friends, leave a review. Beeropinions.co. We're also on um, iTunes. Uh, iTunes and uh, what's the other one? I don't know. All, all those well, all wherever those, podcasters you know, podcast things giving away for free. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thanks. Later. Bye, guys.